title of the lesson is, Is Thy Heart Right With God? Uh, which probably rings a bell. Uh, there's a song that we sing oftentimes, and we'll sing it at the close of the lesson this morning, uh, that's titled that, Is Thy Heart Right With God? And, and really, that's a very important question for us to consider, right? That's something that uh, we need to think about on a regular basis and, and consider and look at, at what that means and, and really check ourselves. You know, a few weeks ago, I, I talked about briefly in a lesson uh, about examining ourselves and how important it is for us to do that on an often basis, to examine ourselves, to look at ourselves. The scriptures teach us that, uh, you know, self-examination is something that's important for a child of God to do and necessary uh, for us to do and to do frequently. And I think everyone here has a pretty good understanding of what that means to examine ourselves. Um, you know, we're looking at ourselves to see what? To see if we're living up to God's expectations for us. Are we who He tells us to be? Uh, and I think if you're like me, uh, which you may or may not be, uh, oftentimes, you know, personally, if, if I'm examining myself, I'm, I'm really looking at my actions, right? I'm thinking about, okay, uh, is what I've been doing right or wrong in God's eyes? Uh, have I done anything wrong that I need to repent of? Am I doing those things that are right? Or do I need to, to do more or strive harder to do more? And these are all very important and, and critical things for us to think about when we examine ourselves. But uh, today I want us to think a little bit deeper uh, about how we examine ourselves and, and really think about examining our hearts. Uh, and, and we all understand what we're talking about when we say heart. We're talking about our mind, you know, what's on the inside of us, what, what our motivations are, what our thoughts are, why are we doing the things that we're doing, uh, and so forth. And, you know, based on what scriptures show us, and we'll read a few of these, uh, that ultimately, if our heart is how it's supposed to be, our actions will fall into place for the most part. It'll, they'll, we'll be doing what we're supposed to do if our heart uh, is what it is supposed to be. And, and again, the scriptures teach us that. Um, in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 19, there's a short proverb there that says, As in water, face reflects face, so the heart of a man reflects a man. And we all understand that. We know that uh, Jesus teaches that same principle in Matthew chapter 15, uh, starting in verse 18, that whatever comes out of the mouth proceeds from where? It proceeds from the heart. It comes from the heart. And that defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts and murder and adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. And so Jesus there saying the same thing about you know, if our heart is not right, things are going to come out of us. We're going to do things that are not right. If our heart is right, then right things will come out of us. And so in examining our hearts, uh, which is what I'm talking about this morning, what do we need to look for? You know, it's more than just looking at our actions per se. Um, <clears throat> we have to look a little closer and think a little bit deeper, in my opinion, to, to examine our own hearts, uh, to see, do I have the good heart that God wants me to have? Uh, or is my heart bad or evil? Or, or is it somewhere in between? Are there improvements, things that I can do to 
have a better heart, uh, a more pleasing heart towards God. And uh, we're going to look at that uh, this morning. One, you know, I guess we're going to look at several passages and examples of, and and primarily I'm going to look at a bad heart. We may look at a good heart later. Gary uh, may touch on that some in his follow-up. Uh, but I'm going to look at, at symptoms of a bad heart or examples of someone in scriptures of a, that has a bad heart or an evil heart and, and want us to think about that uh, and, and examine ourselves to see uh, what our heart condition is. Um, who really knows our heart? It's, it really most of the time boils down to two, right? Us and God. Uh, and even sometimes I would say we may not be aware enough of our own heart. That really God's the one that truly knows. But, um, <clears throat> you know, there are times when we can draw conclusions, and we see this in the scriptures of, of uh, someone drawing conclusions about another person's heart. But we all understand we have to be very careful with that, and we don't have the ability to read people's heart. And so as we think about this, think about it personally. Look at our own uh, selves and, and examine uh, your own self and, and I'll examine my own self. But, uh, one, one of the common bad heart situations or, or examples that we see come up in scriptures uh, is referred to as an evil heart or as a hard heart. And those are used kind of interchangeably sometimes. Uh, you'll see scripture describing someone or a group of people uh, whose heart was evil. Uh, or whose heart became hardened. And, and what does that mean? That's, you know, when you read that in scriptures, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that that's not what we're supposed to be. That's a, that's a condition that God views uh, disfavorably. And so that's not what we want to be. Uh, and so I wanted to look at uh, kind of some of the things we see uh, about an evil heart or a bad heart. Uh, if you turn to Hebrews chapter 3, uh, we get a the Hebrew writer there bringing forth a, a good example of it and, a, and kind of gives us some insight into that. In Hebrews chapter 3, <clears throat> starting in verse 7, it says, Therefore, as the Holy Scripture says, Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me tried me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin." For we have not become partakers of Christ if we hold for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And so here the writer of Hebrews is bringing up an example. Uh, he's urging Christians uh, not to have this hard heart or this evil heart. And I wanted to look at a few of the details of what that was in the example that he's using of the Israelites. And it seems like this evil heart or hard heart can manifest itself uh, in several different ways. Um, you know, here in this example, 
it seems that uh, sometimes it can be complete rebellion, uh, complete abandonment or never committing or following through with the things that God says. And we know that was part of what the Israelites did. Uh, Verse 8, Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness when your fathers tested me. Um, More often, it doesn't... At least in my opinion, it seems like this hard heart or this evil heart doesn't just completely abandon God or rebel against God. Uh, With me personally, uh, when I feel like maybe my heart has become uh, hardened towards something, it's towards some part of what God has said, not complete abandonment of it. It'll be towards some part of it, you know. Uh, And so that's something I have to to look at and think about. Uh, Our heart, uh, based on this verse, can be hardened through what? Through the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, oftentimes, uh, if someone or myself uh, may be struggling with a sin or caught up in some sin, if we continually dwell in that sin, we often become what? More resistant to God. We become hardened towards God and towards His commandments. And so that is something that uh, is not good and something that we have to, to overcome and repent of and, and improve on. Um, You know, in this passage, I think we can see uh, the Holy Spirit showing us that that part of having a hard heart or an evil heart is that God's Word doesn't really sink in and and penetrate. Uh, And so my thoughts and my actions may end up going against what He wants uh, and not fulfilling the things that He wants uh, me to be doing. Uh, When we we think about God's Word not really sinking in, uh, what are we saying? Uh, I think there's a couple of things, at least in my mind, that when I say, okay, God's Word isn't sinking in, what isn't sinking in? Well, it's either His commandments or His promises are the two things. There are probably more, but that's two things that come to mind uh, that, that may not sink in uh, sometimes when we read them and hear them. And, and neither of those are good things to not let sink in. When you think about... Uh, God's commandments, when He tells me to do something or not to do something, uh, if my heart is hard, oftentimes I'm just simply resistant to that, right? I'm, I'm just, I do what He says not to do or I don't do what He tells me to do. Uh, both of those would be sinful. And both of those really come down to having a heart problem, an issue with my heart that I just don't want to be pleasing to God in that matter or, or don't want to let His Word sink into me. Um, and that, that again, is something uh, that I have to, to overcome if I want to be faithful to Him. His promises are something else that I think sometimes we don't let sink into us. And I, I think we see that in what we read um, in Hebrews a little bit. Um, God had made the Israelites a lot of promises, hadn't He? Uh, He had promised them this land. He had promised to take care of them. And that doesn't seem to have sunk in uh, with them. They didn't believe those promises. Their heart was hard towards those promises. And so in not believing those promises, it affected what? It affected their faith. It affected their uh, following Him, their obedience to Him. Uh, And so if I really don't fully believe the promises that God has made me, if you really don't believe the promises God has made you, oftentimes it will keep us from acting on them. We won't live out uh, the things that God is expecting us to live out because 
we don't have enough faith in His promises. And, and that can be difficult to overcome, but it's something we have to overcome. You know, in, in thinking about uh, examples of people in the Bible uh, or, or instances in the Bible when, when people had a hard heart, uh, you, you can think about Cain uh, and his unacceptable sacrifice to God and, and subsequently uh, murdering his brother. Uh, he was resistant to what God told him. God told him you need to overcome that. Don't let sin rule over you. And he didn't uh, want to hear that. Uh, in Genesis chapter 6, by the time Noah was there, what, what does Scripture tell us about the heart of men? It was continually evil. Every thought was focused on evil. And so you see this extreme instance of a hard heart or an evil heart that's just totally in rebellion, totally against God there. Uh, in Matthew chapter 19, uh, in Jesus' uh, conversation or discussion and teaching there about uh, divorce and the questions that were asked uh, him about that, uh, what is his response when they say, well, why did Moses allow us to give a certificate of divorce? And Jesus says, because of the hardness of your heart. Uh, and so what Jesus' point is, is that that's really not what God wanted. It was because y'all were resistant to God's true teaching on the matter. Uh, they had departed from what God really wanted uh, in, that, in that area. And so uh, Jesus realizing and bringing out the point that it was because of the hardness of their heart that they were resisting uh, the things God had commanded. Think about... Uh, the Pharisees and how they wouldn't uh, accept Jesus for who he said he was and actually worked against Jesus. You know, you can see, I don't know, I can't think of any instance, there may be one where Jesus uh, says they have a hard heart or an evil heart, but you can see it in their actions, right? You can see by the things they're doing uh, that they're resistant to God. Uh, their heart is, is hardened against the things that are being taught and told them. Turn to uh, Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. wanted to read a few verses here. <clears throat> Again, thinking about when our heart becomes hard, we will become uh, bent or hardened against doing the things that are not pleasing to God. We will do things that are not pleasing to God and we'll leave undone things that we should do. Um, and look at what Paul has to say in Romans about that. Starting in uh, verse 1, it says, Therefore... You are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, whenever you judge another, you condemn yourself, and for who for you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to the truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, O man, you who judge those who practice such things, and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But in accordance with your hardness and impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds, eternal life to those who by patient continuance and doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness and indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
so, you know, what is Paul bringing out here? In verse 5, he's talking about uh, someone who has an impenitent heart or a hardened heart. It says, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you're treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of revelation. <clears throat> and so his encouragement there is really saying don't have this hardness of heart. Don't have this impenitent heart. Um, in what we read a few verses after that, uh, we see this idea of self-seeking. And oftentimes that's where we can get off track with our heart, right? We're, we're seeking the things we want instead of the things that God wants. And that is a form of a hard heart or, or an impenitent heart because we're not uh, wanting to be pleasing to God. We're wanting to please ourselves. And, and what we read there, we can see... Uh, that that's something that uh, can cost us our soul and something that, that God will not be pleased with. To Ezekiel, you know, we, we just read about some who had a hard and impenitent heart. Look in Ezekiel chapter 11. Ezekiel chapter 11, starting in verse 18. If I can get there. It says, and this is talking about uh, the return of the Israelites from exile, but just notice what is being brought forth here about their hearts. Says, and, and when they come there, they will remove from it all its detestable things and all its abominations, and I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. But as for those who heart, whose heart goes after detestable things and their abominations, I will bring their deeds upon their own heads, declares the Lord God. So here, again, Ezekiel in, in prophesying to the Israelites as they are going to return from exile, uh, saying there's two options, right? You can have a heart of stone or a heart of flesh. And which one do we see that we're supposed to have? Is this heart of flesh, which really means a soft heart, towards God. You know, there in verse 19, I will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them, that they shall be my people and I will be their God. Uh, and so this heart of flesh, this soft heart, allows God's words, His commandments, His statutes, His rules to penetrate them. His, you know, allows that uh, to control their life and... and um, to be what leads them through life uh, as opposed to this heart of stone that is resistant to the things of God. Uh, Psalms 101 is another one that's good to read and, and looking for uh, pictures of what our heart should be and, and what it should not be. Psalms 101. I will sing of mercy and justice. To you, O Lord, I will sing praises. I will behave wisely in a perfect way. O when will you come to me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. 
I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him will I destroy. The one who has a haughty look and a proud heart, him I will not endure. My eyes shall be on the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He who works deceit shall not dwell within my house. He who tells lies shall not continue in my presence. Early I will destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all the evildoers from the city of the Lord. And so, you know, here David basically making these statements of faithfulness to God. And, and in that we can see, uh, get some glimpses of, of what a good heart wants and does and, and what that looks like. Um, you know, this idea of working hard to have a soft heart. You know, focusing and examining ourselves to be sure that our heart uh, is soft towards God, that it wants to keep God's statutes, it wants to obey them, it wants to learn them, it wants to know them. Um, <clears throat> you know, anytime when I'm examining my heart and thinking about am I really wanting to learn and know more about God and the things He expects of me, uh, if, if I'm wondering if my attitude is like it should be, I oftentimes will go back and read through Psalms 119, uh, you know, and that takes a little while because it's long. But uh, if you read Psalms 119 over and over again, what attitude do you see about God's commandments, about God's teachings, about God's laws? You see the attitude of, of David wanting those, of wanting to know those, of realizing those are for his good of wanting to have a better understanding of those. And, and that is the kind of heart that I'm supposed to have, that all of us as Christians are supposed to have, is wanting to know more and more about how to ple be pleasing with God. And if I'm, if I'm checking myself and realize that I don't have this attitude uh, towards God's commandments, uh, then I need to work on that and fix that uh, and want the things that God uh, tells me and, and teaches me uh, because... If I believe what he says about them, then they are for my good and, and they are uh, something that uh, is of benefit to me, uh, both spiritually and in this life. Okay, so uh, we talked some about uh, this hard heart or evil heart and how that uh, oftentimes means we're not letting his commandments or his promises uh, sink in. You know, uh, we're not really believing those or following through on those. Um, another problem, and I feel like this one is maybe even more common among myself and among uh, fellow Christians, it has to do with what Jesus calls the greatest commandment, uh, the, the one that says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and strength. And the word all there is what I want to key into there. Uh, you know, oftentimes when... I don't feel as close to God as I know I should uh, when I'm examining myself and I feel like something's wrong or when I'm struggling to obey Him in something. Uh, it's because, really, I'm struggling, I think, with a divided heart. I'm struggling with a heart uh, that is not all for the Lord, like He tells us it has to be. Uh, if you look at Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches about this, uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19. 
He says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in darkness, how great if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And so Jesus there is making um, this statement about trying to serve two masters, right? And, and really, that's going to boil down to our heart. And is our heart divided between God and something else? And I think that's something that us as Christians a lot of times struggle with because we live in the world, we're surrounded by the world, we participate in living in the world, and so uh, the temptation is to be a part of the world. And we have to fight against that and be sure that uh, our heart is all for God, that we are loving Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, unfortunately, I think a lot of times... Uh, at least myself, I would love to try to keep one foot in the world. Uh, and that can be very challenging uh, for me to serve God with all of my heart. Uh, but that is clearly what He tells us we have to do. Uh, we can't have this dividedness. We can't try to serve God and try to hang on to some things of the world. Uh, and there's plenty of examples in scriptures of people doing that uh, and, and that that is not what God wants. You know, the passage we read, Jesus was talking about not serving uh, God and money. And there's, there's examples of that. You think uh, to Acts chapter 5 and verse 3, Ananias and Sapphira. I mean, that's precisely what they were trying to do, right? They, uh, they're in Acts 5 and verse 3. They says, Satan has filled your heart, is the comment made there. Uh, what did he fill it with? When you look at the context and read what's happening, it's basically for a desire <coughs> of money. Uh, filled it with a desire for glory. They wanted to look good. They wanted to look like they had sold this and given it all for this, this good cause. Uh, and, and so their desire for these things led them to sin and led them to, to lie and to fall into to being de uh, deceitful. Uh, and... Again, I think they were trying to serve two masters there. Uh, same thing later on in Acts chapter 8 with Simon the sorcerer. Uh, Peter tells him, your heart is not right when he asked to buy that, the power to basically uh, uh, give the gift of the Holy Spirit to others. He's told, your heart is not right. Well, why? It's basically the same reason he wanted that for money uh, and for glory and for power. Uh, and so uh, his heart was not wanting that for the right reason and, and not wanting that for the right causes, and that was a sin to him. And he uh, was sorrowed because of that and repented because of that. Uh, when we want to be like the rest of the world, uh, when we hang on to the world or we love the world and want to be a part of the world, uh, it can be a struggle for us. Uh, it, you know, we see in other places in the Scripture that serving God and being a part of the world, it's going to be at enmity with each other. Those two things are not going to go together. Um, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, we get a 
it's just a, we don't really have the details of it, but we have Paul saying that uh, for Demas, who is in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. You know, we see Demas, who at one point was there with Paul and working with Paul, now leaving Paul because of his love for the world. Um, Luke chapter 9. I think Jesus tries to draw this out a little bit uh, in talking about not looking back. Luke chapter 9 and verse 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So do you see uh, these verses? Jesus isn't you know, specifically saying... This is a divided heart here, but you can see it in their words, right? And in their, in their actions that people struggle with having a divided heart. And, and you see what Jesus is trying to drive home that if we're going to follow God, if I'm going to follow God, my heart has to be all towards following God and not uh, partly towards following the world or the things in the world. We must... Uh, we have to guard ourselves from this, again, because the world wants us to be a part of it. They would love for us to be a part of it. Whether it's a little part of it or a big part of it, uh, the world wants that. Satan wants that. Uh, and so us as children of God have to be aware of that and guard against that. <clears throat> you know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, we see... In thinking about guarding against a divided heart, guarding against uh, trying to keep one foot in the world, we see Paul there instructing the Corinthians who, as if you read First and Second Corinthians, you can see that uh, worldliness uh, is something that they were having a problem with. Uh, look at what he tells them in First Corinthians 15. A passage we're all familiar with says there in verse 33, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. And so, again, in thinking about guarding against worldliness and, and against our desire to have one foot in the world, we have to be aware of our, our companions and our company that we keep. And, and I think we all understand that. Um, you know, we see in 1 Kings about King Solomon later in his life, one who was so faithful to God ultimately ended up following after idols because it says his heart, his wives turned his heart towards those idols. And so, um, you know, it was something he did not guard against and something he ended up uh, failing God and sinning against God in that. Same way with Israel and the nations that they didn't completely drive out. It ultimately affected uh, them and their service uh, to God. <clears throat> you know, our hearts can easily, I think, at least my heart, can easily be divided if I'm not careful. Uh, 
And you're probably saying you've already said that 10 times, but I'm telling you, it can happen easily if you aren't careful. Uh, and, it, you know, this can happen whether it's me wanting to pursue some fleshly sin, you know, that uh, I know I shouldn't uh, just because it's fun or enjoyable. I want to participate in that, and so I'm going to do that. Uh, and so I'm divided between what God wants and what I want to do. Uh, it can also happen by me placing, uh, you know, relationships with people ahead of what God wants. Uh, you know, that can play out in family and friends uh, and, and very difficult situations uh, there. But, but really, I mean, we read back in Luke part of that, uh, what Jesus was saying about following him and not looking back. Think about the rich young ruler. Uh, what was his heart like? It was devoted towards following all of those things from his youth. But really, Jesus knew, because he could read his heart and, and knew what was going on with the young man, that his heart was divided between following God and the things of this world, uh, the riches of this world. And and he ultimately, you know, at least in that interaction, did not follow through with uh, loving God with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. So these are just uh, a few examples and instances of bad hearts in the Scriptures. There's more bad heart examples. There's much more Scriptures that we could look at about that. Uh, and a lot more good heart examples and teachings and, and things to consider on that that we may look at in a different lesson. Uh, but I think the best news out of all of this is that if we do have a sick heart or a bad heart or an evil heart, if something is wrong with our heart uh, in terms of following God or loving God with all of it, it doesn't have to stay that way, right? It's something we can change. It's something we can improve on. It's something we can better uh, and overcome uh, with God's help. And I think the Bible shows us this. Over and over again, we see people who, who aren't doing right uh, repenting and turning and doing those things that are right. And that's ultimately what we have to do. If we examine ourselves, if we look at our own hearts and realize there's something not right in that, then we have to make up our mind to change that. And, uh, and with God's help, uh, we can, through reading and studying His Word, uh, we can overcome that and go from a bad heart to a good heart. And we also see examples of people going from a good heart to a bad heart, and that, again, is what we must ward against. Uh, turn back to Ezekiel chapter 18. Ezekiel chapter 18, starting in verse 29. Uh, just in thinking about the fact that we can improve or change our heart for the better. Ezekiel 18, 29 says, Yet the house of Israel says, The way of the Lord is not just. O house of Israel, are my ways not just? Is it not your ways that are not just? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed, and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. And so here we see Ezekiel prophesying to Israel. Uh, and we see that God's telling them, you can change your heart. He's telling them, get a new heart and a new spirit. Get one that is 
all fully devoted to God that wants to be pleasing to Him and, and obedient to Him. And, you know, we can see that, that that's what God wants. That's what He expects. That's, that's what He's pulling for us to do. Uh, and so, you know, the song we're going to sing, uh, Is Thy Heart Right with God, basically reiterates some of these same things that, that I've been trying to uh, describe to us this morning. There in, in the first verse, it says, Have thine affections been nailed to the cross? And basically, are you putting uh, your thoughts and wishes and desires to the side, uh, is what that's saying. Uh, the second verse, has, has your dominion or self and or sin? Uh, do you have control over your life, over yourself, over your thoughts, uh, and over what you are doing? And in verse 3, all, are all of thy powers under Jesus' control? You know, and over and over again this song asks, is your heart right with God? And it, it brings up these different aspects of our heart and our lives uh, and, is, and is encouraging us to, to think about that and examine ourselves and, and be sure that we have the right heart towards God, that it's fully uh, committed to Him and uh, towards pleasing Him. And so as we think about those things and sing this song, if there's anything uh, that the brethren here can help with uh, in encouraging this uh, for us all to, to have the right heart towards God, we invite you to let that be known as we stand and sing.